You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. <laughs> Alright, what up, what up? A lot to get to today. Wide Right Podcast, Episode 4. Welcome. Uh, as always, I am your host, Ryan Honey, presenting this on the Elite Sports New York, Elite Sports Radio Network. Um, a lot to get to today. Lot, lot to get to today. Gonna, as always, recap the Giants' previous game. Uh, tough loss, kind of an ugly loss uh, to the Minnesota Vikings, twenty-eight to ten on Sunday. Uh, we'll talk about that. Get into some news around the team, and then we'll get into. A preview of uh, this Thursday's game. Uh, they already play in two days uh, against the New England Patriots. Um, you know, they'll probably be without a couple weapons, so that should be a. Uh, it's not looking great for the G Men come Thursday, but, you know, anything could happen. Uh, but I want to start with this. So, obviously, tough loss, ugly loss on Sunday. Uh, Giants lost 28 to 10 to the Minnesota Vikings, who were at the bottom of the NFC North division, despite a two and two record. That's a tough division. Um, but I want to start with the fact that just because the Giants have a new quarterback and there's some confidence now in this team, and just because they made some changes to the offensive line this past offseason doesn't mean this offensive line has begun to be great. It's still very much not a great offensive line. And I just feel like they're not getting as bailed out. They're not they're not looking as bad and they're not getting as blamed as much because now the Giants have a running quarterback. Now not a running quarterback, but at least a quarterback who could move an inch out of the pocket. Daniel Jones can get outside of the pocket. He can be mobile when he wants to. Um, you know, he's no Michael Vick, he's no Russell Wilson, but if they, if he needs to, he can run to the outside for six, seven yard gain on first down, which is great. The Giants have, haven't had that option from a quarterback in, you know, years, more than a decade. So I feel like this offensive line is still very much not great. They just don't look as bad because they're they have a running quarterback they're protecting or a semi-mobile quarterback they're protecting. Protecting. They still they still let up four sacks on Sunday. If this was Eli, they probably would have let up five or six, and then it becomes a real discussion. This offensive line still isn't up to standards. This offensive line still isn't up to the number value that some of these players are getting paid. And actually, 
one player is getting significantly overpaid, and he's looking to be one of the worst moves Dave Gettleman has made as GM of the Giants, and that's Nate Solder. I mean, 19 months ago, almost 19 months ago, the Giants, one of the first moves Gettleman really, probably the first, one of the first big moves Gettleman made after he was hired in uh, December of 2017, March 2018, yeah, 19 months ago, four-year, $62 million deal for left tackle Nate Solder made him the highest-paid offensive lineman in the league at the time, and 19 months later, it's looking like he's that's going to be the one of the bigger mistakes Gettleman has made uh, while being while in the general manager position that he's in for this team. I mean, on Sunday, if you saw Solder, he was lined up on Everson Griffin, Vikings edge rusher, all day, and it just seemed like he was a step behind him. Griffin had a tackle for loss and a sack. I mean, those aren't horrible numbers against Solder. But when you're dealing with a rookie quarterback, when you're protecting a rookie quarterback, you need to be perfect. And the support you give him needs is extremely important. And it just doesn't seem like Nate Solder has the ability in him to give Daniel Jones that support. And he didn't have the ability in him to give Eli that support when Eli when he was protecting Eli for that year in two games or whatever. So it it starts to you start to wonder after a year, almost a a season and a half of Nate Solder, is he the answer at left tackle? I mean, honestly, he's looking to be one of the bigger mistakes at left ta- at that Gettleman has made since during his tenure as Giants GM. He really is. $62 million for a guy that never made a Pro Bowl. And he's supposed to be the highest, he was the highest paid offensive lineman at the time. I can't confirm if he still is. I mean, that's a horrible, when you break it down to numbers, when you break it down to the amount of money you're paying him versus the production you get out of him, that's a horrible deal. It's a horrible deal on Gettleman's part. And guess what? You still have 43 games left of him at that on this team. 11 games this year plus 16 plus 16 the next 2 years, 43 games. Giants have 43 games. They still have to pay Nate Solder. And he he hasn't stepped up in a year and 5 games. He has not stepped up. It's becoming one of the worst mistakes Gettleman has made. I truly believe it. Truly believe it. So that's one of the... That's what I wanted to start off with when talking about this game. Um, That's definitely an issue. This offensive line is definitely not up to standards. Um, You know, there's talent within that offensive line, but the chemistry just isn't there. They're just not looking as bad because they fought, they're they protecting a semi-mobile quarterback. Not semi, he's mobile. Mobile quarterback. He's protect, They're protecting a mobile quarterback who can get outside the pocket. And if the pocket collapses, he can you know, escape it and get to an open area. Eli couldn't do that. If Eli was playing on Sunday, there would have been maybe six sacks instead of four. And that's when it becomes a huge discussion. Oh my God. 
this offensive line still isn't good and up to standards and is still an issue within this team. Um, but I want to segue into this. There's another, there's another issue within this team, and it's sticking with this organization thus far in the year. The Redskins game last week was, you know, a little bit different because they only let up three points. But this defense is still horrid. It just seems like there's no identity, there's no urgency pre-snap, and it starts with James Betcher, their defensive coordinator. Since he's been signed, this defense has not stepped up in the clutch, out of the clutch, no matter what situation, it just doesn't seem like they have consistency, they have urgency, doesn't seem like they have any sort of identity. And it's painful to watch. After this after this past Sunday's game, Giants are now 30th in yards allowed per game. 490, 409, excuse me, 409.4 yards allowed per game. And they're 24th in points allowed per game with 25. So 30th in the league in yards allowed per game, 24th in points allowed per game. So in an average game, this defense is allowing 409.4 yards and 25 points. And it starts with the coaching, and it starts with the ability to have some sort of urgency. It starts with the ability to have some sort of consistency within this team. There's none of that right now. And if the Giants improve this year, if they improve past their 5-11 campaign from last year, say they go 7, 8, maybe 9 wins, you're going to keep Shermer. You're going to keep Pat Shermer at that head coaching position. Even if they don't make the playoffs, say 9-7, nine, 8-8, nine eight eight, I don't think they'll get to 9 wins, so maybe 7-9, 8-8, 8-8, they don't make the playoffs still. I still think you keep Pat Shermer because it's an improvement from the year before. But man, they got to do something with James Betcher. It's just, you know, at this point it gets old. On Sunday, they Kirk Cousins, who was, you know, bashed on and criticized all week, is criticized all the time by even his own fans. Had 306 yards passing on the day. It seemed like it was a clinic on this giant secondary. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop him. They couldn't stop Adam Thielen. Um, they couldn't stop Dalvin Cook, who had well over 100 yards. He had about 132, I believe. This offense, this defense for the Giants gave up 490 yards total on the day to a Vikings team that was in the basement of the NFC North. The Giants allowed Kirk Cousins to pass for more yards in the first half than any other team did in a full game the entire year. Which means take Kirk Cousins' season-high passing yards, season-high mark for passing yards all year. He surpassed that in the first half against the Giants. All starts with coaching, and all starts with the ability to be consistent and have some urgency and have an identity, and the Giants have neither of those things. And a low point for this defense is still the rookie cornerback. DeAndre Baker obviously going in 
he was lined up on Adam Thielen numerous times. You know he wasn't going to keep up with Adam Thielen. You know he was going to be any match for Adam Thielen, who's a two-time Pro Bowl receiver. And on top of that, he had that horrible unsportsmanlike penalty in the third quarter. It was second and 11. About six minutes or so, five minutes or so in the left in the third quarter. Giants were only down by eight. Vikings had a second and, le- second and 11. Dalvin Cook only got about three yards. It would have been a third and long. The Giants stopped them then. They're down 18 to 10. Giants stop them on that third and long. They get the ball back. They can go down the field, possibly tie the game with a t- touchdown and a two-point conversion. DeAndre Baker, I think, said something. Uh, no one no one really knows what he said, but he did say something. Um, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, first down for Minnesota. A couple plays later, under two minutes of game time later, he allowed Baker allowed a touchdown to Adam Thielen, was just flat-footed on the double move. Had horrible positioning. Didn't even make a play on the ball, really. Just made a play at his legs. Not a good sequence for Baker as the Vikings scored to make it 25-10. to Basically put the game that much more out of reach for the Giants. It's mistakes like that. And you know what? I have to knock Shermer here because Shermer said after the game, you know, we... Uh, I talked to him. I told him that can't happen and we moved on from that. No, you don't just move on from that. Take him out of the game. That is a drive on the defensive side of the ball for the Giants. That was a possession killer. They had him in a third and long. They stop him. They get the ball back pretty much late in the third quarter, down by only eight points, and he ruined it all. He ruined it all. Not a great sequence for Baker after, you know, a game... Against the Redskins where he stepped up. A second half versus the Bucks where he stepped up. He was. It seemed like he was back to his old ways that, we, that the Giants fans saw in the first two and a half games. So, he needs to change. He needs to get better. Still his rookie year, but I don't care. They're going to throw to him anyway. The opposing team doesn't care that he's a rookie. They're going to throw to his side anyway. So, he's got to step up. And... He's got to get better and quickly because he's one of the low spots in this, sec- especially in the secondary in this defense. He's become, he's a, pos- they can't get off the field a lot of times because of the cushion he allows between him and their receiver and the mistakes that he makes. It reflects on the entire defense and it reflects on the entire game. That was the game right there. That that was a game changing penalty on Sportsmanlike Conduct penalty had right there in the third quarter. Um, a bright spot on this defense is only really one. You know, Marcus Golden had a sack to bring his total to four and a half on the team on the year. Still leads the team. Um, again, I like Marcus Golden. I think that's a great signing. Uh, I was just bashing Gettleman for a signing he made, you know, 19 months ago. But this past offseason, I think Golden was a great signing. They got him for cheap. Um, he's shown to be. He has that aggressiveness and that versatility in the pass rush. Uh, four and a half sacks through five games. I mean, that's a good total for right now. Um, I think he's producing well for this defense. He's producing well for this pass rush. Um, you know, but there's still not consistent pressure. I said one of the keys to victory in this for this Vikings game last week was consistent pressure on Kirk Cousins. You don't want him to get the ball in Adam Thielen's hands or Stephon Diggs' hands. You want 
Kirk Cousins to hold on to the ball. And they didn't get consistent pressure on him. And look what happened. 306 yards. You know, two touchdowns. So, I mean, it gets to a point where if you don't get the consistent pressure on a quarterback like that, he will find a way to pick apart the defense. And he did. 306 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. How many times do I have to say? Consistent pressure on a quarterback like that. He's going to screw up and he's going to make mistakes. The Giants did it and it cost him. Cost him a third loss of the year. Third loss on the season. Uh, as far as the offense is concerned, um, you know, Daniel Jones, 21 for 38, 182 yards, a touchdown, a pick. Uh, so another sort of average game when it comes to statistics. Eh, kind of below average when it, when it comes to statistics. Um, you know, only 182 yards isn't great. But, you know, he's a rookie quarterback. He can't. He doesn't have to be perfect right now. And it's all, all his fault on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, he's got no running game. Wayne Gallman left before halftime with a concussion. Saquon Barkley is obviously out. So their leading rusher on the day was John Hilleman. Nine carries for 20 yards. Um, and, you know, once again, I wanted to touch upon this. Once again, the Giants, for the second week in a, second week in a row, they're, they're using John Hilleman an undrafted rookie free agent running back who was on the practice squad in week three in horrible situations. Week four on the goal line against the Redskins, they used Hilleman on a one-yard, gave it to Hilleman on what was supposed to be a short-yarded touchdown. He fumbled the ball. I mean, why are you giving, in that situation, why are you giving the ball to your undrafted rookie free agent? And then again, the Giants forced a fumble, Recovered it on their own one-yard line. So they had first and 10 from the one-yard line. And they gave it to Hilleman. Why are you giving it to Hilleman? Backed up on your own goal line. You could have sneaked. You could have snuck it with Jones. Get two yards. Get to the three-yard line. Then try to run it for Hilleman. Get another couple yards. And then throw it on like a third and four. Third and three. From your own seven, eight, nine-yard line. Backed up on your own goal line, you had numerous options. You had numerous sort of play calls. Have hundreds of plays you could choose from, from the own goal line, and you give a delayed hand, or give a hand, hand it off to your undrafted rookie free agent running back. Hundreds of plays you could choose from from your own one yard line, and they gave it to John Hilleman, who was on the practice squad 14 days ago. It's horrible and unacceptable usage of personnel. Numerous weapons. You could sneak it with Jones. You could throw the ball. Do whatever. Giving it to your undrafted rookie free agent running back, not ideal. Not a great move. Some of the play calls and some of the decisions that Pat Shermer makes from the offensive side of the ball are questionable in a sense. Look at when they got... I believe it was in, I want to say it was in the second quarter. They, or no, it was probably probably in the fourth. I think it was in the second half. They got down the goal line. Um, they had a first and goal. Three chances. They threw 
you know, they threw a screen play, they threw a tight end screen to Engram on like second and goal from the 10. They three chances to get into into the end zone, they couldn't get it. Kicked the field goal, there was a penalty. The Vikings hit the the long snapper Zach Diossi. You can't do that. So then the Giants had another three chances, couldn't punch it in again. I mean, some of the play because of the he's got to give Jones better plays. They get all the way down to the goal line and they throw a screen to Shepard. The ball looked like it was in the air for ten minutes. That gets picked off. It's going the other way. It's a touchdown right off the jump. It's just awful play calling, and some of the some of some of the decisions Shermer makes as a coach are just very questionable in a sense. Have to have better play. Have to utilize better play calling, and have to utilize personnel better. No way they should be giving it to John Hillman first and ten from their own one yard line. Absolutely not. It ended up being a safety. It was in the first half, actually. That was in the first half. Getting down to the goal line, I believe, may have been in the fourth quarter. So, just not great decisions from Shermer. Not great decisions when when you talk about the play calling and the usage of personnel. And it's just one of the things that really comes down to, comes back to haunt them when you talk about, you know, that's... Those are two drives that the, those two drives from their own one yard line and on the goal line that could have been fourteen points right there. Instead, it's zero points and two for the Vikings. It's a sixteen point swing. So, not not ideal. All right, we want to segue into so we're done with that. Game's over. We're moving on. Moving on to the news portion of this podcast, uh, just couple couple things to talk about. Um, not great for the Giants. So Sterling Shepard is back in the concussion protocol, uh, second time this year. I believe if it's your second time, it's a longer process, so he'll most likely miss this Thursday's game, um, which is obviously a big blow for the Giants. Their um, you know top receiver. Jones is going to need as many weapons as he can get, especially against this defense in New England, who's the best defense in the league. Not great to not have his top receiver in the game this Thursday. And it's paired with not having, most likely not having his top tight end either. According to Adam Schefter, Tuesday morning, Evan Engram likely to miss the game as well. He's dealing with a sprained MCL. So that means the Giants will be without Sterling Shepard, most likely. Evan Engram, most likely. We don't have news, an update on Saquon and whether he'll play Thursday. And they'll most likely be without Wayne Gallman, who suffered the concussion on Sunday against the Vikings. So that means your top receiver, your top tight end, and without your two top running backs. The Giants are going to have John Hilleman start, possibly. Rhett Ellison start. Golden Tate and Darius Slayton are going to man the receiving the receiving corpse. So I'm going to use all those bad news for the Giants and the injury bug to segue into the Patriots preview. 
And I'm going to tell you right now, I'm definitely not endorsing a Giants win on Thursday. I wouldn't get your hopes up. I wouldn't get, you know, I wouldn't get excited or confident. I mean, you can get excited. I'm always excited for a Giants game, but I wouldn't get your confidence up in this game because from the way New England looks this year, the way the Giants' offensive line decision-making and defense looked on Sunday against the Vikings, from the way the health of this Giants roster looks, I would not exactly be too confident in the Giants, and I am not going to exactly endorse a Giants victory this coming Thursday. Um, so, 5-0 and Patriots against the Giants who are coming off a loss to go 2-3. and um, So that means the Giants, because of those injuries, the Giants' remaining targets are Golden Tate, Darius Slayton, Cody Latimer, Rhett Ellison, um, John Hillman, Elijah Penny. And they're going to need to step up. That's all I can tell them. They're going to need to step up. The more weapons and support a rookie quarterback like Daniel Jones can get, the better. And he'll need it too. Especially against this type of defense. This is going to be the best team and the best defense the Giants will face thus far and probably this year in total. When you talk about all 16 games, when you look back after Week 17, the Patriots are most likely going to be the best defense and the best team this, the Giants are going to face. They lead the league in points allowed per game, which is 6.8, which is insane. And they lead the league in total yards allowed per game with 238.4. They lead the league in both categories. And they're going against a rookie quarterback with a limited number of weapons. That's why I'm not exactly endorsing a Giants win. Um, even with, I mean, with, if this defense is a little bit better, if they had some, if they had, you know, healthy linebackers, which they don't right now, you know, Ryan Connolly's out for the year. Alec Ogletree's been out. Tay Davis has been out. Lorenzo Carter was out on Sunday. He's, don't know if he's going to play. Um, this coming Thursday, he's dealing with a neck injury. I would say, yeah, maybe. You know, the Giants have history with the Patriots as far as beating them. We all, everyone knows that. But it doesn't look doesn't look great for the G-men going into Thursday, especially with the defense they're facing, the limited amount of we- limited number of weapons they have. Doesn't look, you know, like all sunshine and rainbows. Um, but we still don't know if Saquon's going to play. We, he's, it may not seem likely right now. If it was, if their next game was this coming Sunday or Monday, the following Monday night, then maybe, but it's not, it's in two days already. So he, he may not play. He's probably going to sit this one out too and be back for week seven. But again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a trainer. So, if Saquon does indeed play, it'll be great for Daniel Jones to get that pressure off of him. I mean, he's in a tough spot right now, Jones is. I mean, he's he's coming in, rookie quarterback. He's dealing with no running game. I mean, the Giants' top rusher on Sunday against Minnesota was Hillman at 20 yards. That was it. 20 yards, their top rusher. 
it's a tough situation to be in when you're a rookie quarterback when you have no running game to get the pressure off of you. But if Zaquan does indeed play, that'll be huge for not only the Giants, but just Jones, just Daniel Jones. It'll be huge for Daniel Jones. You need to get that pressure off of Jones. Um, you know, even if Gallman plays, which it's unclear if he'll play, but it's not it's not looking likely. But even if he does play, that's a little bit of pressure off of Jones. Gallman looked great in the win over Washington in Week Four. Had two touchdowns, one receiving and one rushing. So it'll it'll still be pressure off of Jones if either Saquon or Gallman play. If Saquon plays, it'll obviously be more pressure taken off of the rookie quarterback. Um. So yeah, as far as the offensive side of the ball goes to the Giants, these weapons, these limited number of weapons are going to need to step up. That's, you know, the more weapons, the more support for this rookie quarterback, the better. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, I know I, I feel like I say this every week, but it holds true every single week, especially with this how, how the secondary is playing. This pass rush needs to be consistent and needs to get into Tom Brady's face. If there's a consistent pass rush and an aggressive pass rush and a versatile pass rush, the second, the success in the secondary will follow. If you give Brady all the time in the world to throw the ball and thus give these receivers all the time in the world to get open, you give Julian Edelman, Josh Gordon, all the time in the world to get open. He's This quarterback is going to find those receivers and he's going to pick apart the Giants defense very early on and continue to do it all game. As soon as Brady and as soon as Belichick see something, they're going to take advantage of it. They, as soon as they see some sort of weakness, some sort of hole in this Giants defense, they're going to take advantage of it. And they're not going to stop. And it's going to be horrible for this defense, this Giants defense all game long. They need to consistently and aggressively get into Brady's face and get in Brady's head and pass rush him all game long. You give him time and you give these receivers time, it's going to be a long day for this Giants defense. I'm talking five-man rushes, six-man pass rushes. You know, these three defensive linemen, B.J. Hill, Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, both edge rushers go at him, maybe have a middle linebacker, one of the inside linebackers rush him, have the other inside linebacker drop back um, in pass coverage. But you need, any way you can do it, need to get into Brady's face. You need to force him to throw the ball early. You give him time and you give these receivers time. It's going to be horrible for the New York Giants on Thursday. Alright, so that's all we have for today. Um, Giants game, uh, Thursday night football, 8.20pm Eastern Time against the Patriots. Again, I'm not in, exactly endorsing. A Giants win. Um, if you're a Giants fan, wouldn't get your hopes up. Wouldn't be confident in this Thursday. But you never know. Anything could happen. Um, so yeah, uh, kickoff is at 8.20 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, as far as the podcast next week, uh, I so I usually try to do it on Tuesdays. Uh, so if the Giants play Sunday, can have a day, have that Monday to sort of get everything together, get you know, news going. Usually news doesn't exactly break on injuries and stuff like that until Monday. If I did this podcast month, uh, yesterday morning, so it's Tuesday now. If I if I did this podcast yesterday morning, Monday morning, 
uh, then we wouldn't have had the Shepard news to talk about. We wouldn't have had the Evan Engram news to talk about. So I like to let a day settle in before I record. But as far as next week, since this game is already in two days, uh, may possibly do it Sunday, may possibly do it Monday, or maybe even possibly do Tuesday. I don't know. Um, but you know where to find this podcast. And when it releases, it's on, you know, get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud. Um, you can listen to it on the Elite Sports and EliteSportsNY.com. Listen, on the, listen to it on the website. Um, so uh, we'll update on my Twitter, uh, at Ryan Honey, E-S-N-Y, uh, for whenever I drop the new podcast and whenever I record. So it's going to be either Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday. Haven't made a decision yet, but updates are to come. Once again, I am Ryan Honey. Uh, and talk to you all next week. Thanks a lot.